2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hey
1: everyone. Welcome in to an exciting episode of Purple Daily here in just a short moment where we are going to do, I know you guys did the emergency episode, the trade episode. Yannick Ngakwe is the newest Vikings pass rusher. We're going to do the deep dive episode right now and some of the Side streets off of the trade that are popping up now on this Monday. But a quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is here to help business owners. I've been one myself. I have been a business owner. Uh, I know what goes into it. You love it. But you're also grinding every day, solving problems. And it helps in any year, let alone a pandemic year, tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate challenges. Day-to-day challenges, big picture challenges. Federated is here for you business owners at Federated Insurance. .com. And remember, it. Federated, it's our business to protect yours.
2: People are going to ask, what does that mean for Daniil Hunter, who has led the Vikings in sacks? He hasn't practiced in the past couple of weeks. My understanding is his absence has been precautionary. There is not a major injury there. The Vikings envision Hunter on one side and then Dockway on the other in 2020.
1: Ooh, football. That's our friend Tom Pelissero from NFL Network and... Um, you guys jumped on and did the emergency episode yesterday, available, by the way, on the brand new Purple Daily YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. It's the same channel that you were subscribed to at Score North, but we just made it a feature channel uh, centered around Vikings content. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff. And gentlemen, you guys did the emergency quick hitting, quick thoughts yesterday. I think now it's time for the deep dive because we have even more tentacles coming off of this in terms of well, which other players this move could
0: impact and and the, the great thing is you're about to bring up like w- what I would consider to be level b of this there is down to I think level f of this whoa, whoa like whoa, like whoa, this whoa. goes whoa. The, the Viking the Vikings you're, you're, you're 42 yeah. you're about to broach a subject that is now out there and reported. I'm telling you there's tentacles that the Vikings have loosely th- thought about here and might not care about, wow. but that will get at the very core of some Vikings fans to the heart of the matter.
1: So there's, okay, I, I love that you're going this this direction. There's
0: a lot to unpack.
1: So let's just start with the actual news component here just to catch people up. So the Vikings over the weekend swung a trade for 25-year-old pass rusher formerly out of Maryland. You might remember, I don't remember him specifically against the Gophers, but I'm sure he tallied a couple sacks. Uh, In his career, but Yannick Ngakwe, who, according to Pro Football Focus, is one of the 15 or so best pass rushers in the NFL. And Daniel Hunter is maybe one of the three best pass rushers in the NFL, if not the best pass rusher uh, in the NFL. So the Jaguars get a 2021 second round pick and a conditional fifth from the Vikings in 2022 that improves based on whether or not Ngakwe becomes uh, an an all-pro player, and if the Vikings win the Super Bowl, if those things both happen, then I think it's a a second-round pick or a third-round pick? Third-round pick. Third-round pick. Um, So he was hit initially with the $17 million franchise tag, but according to multiple reports, including Tom Pellicer, he restructured to $12 million so he could play for the Vikings. He even turned down a $19 million offer per year from the Jaguars. So... Either he has a ridiculously overinflated sense of what he should be paid, no, he, or he just wants to play somewhere other than Jacksonville. Jacksonville. And, and, or maybe both. Doug Could be both. No,
0: I, I, don't think, I, I think that this was solely based on the fact that he uh, despised the Jags, which I think goes back to when he was spurned in contract negotiations, Phil Mackey, by Tom Coughlin.
1: Ah, that's right. So this goes yes, back to Tom asking. Coughlin. So he is eligible. He can't sign a long-term contract extension now because he's already passed the deadline uh, to to work out a deal such as uh, the one that he declined with the Jaguars. But the Vikings are probably going to look to lock him up at the end of the season when the window opens back up. So let me start by saying this is a great trade by the Vikings. Just flat-out, period, a great trade by the Vikings. You think about the other things they were looking to do, maybe in free agency, like bring back 31, 32-year-old Everson Griffin, which would have been, okay, if it's Everson Griffin or nothing... Yeah, see if you can squeeze another year out of Everson Griffin. Okay, 27-year-old Devion Clowney, who's a really good player. I don't think he's ever really fully emerged as the pass rusher that people thought he could be. So you get a better player, in my opinion, or at least a better pass rusher. Clowney's better against the run, but I think you're getting the better pass rusher here. He's younger by two years than Clowney. He's younger by like seven years than Everson Griffin. Mm -hmm. And all you're giving up is a second round pick. And let's 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 call it a fifth round pick. Yeah. Well, if it's a third round pick,
0: you'll take that trade in a hundred. because you win the Super Bowl. Bowl. Correct.
1: So I just like what what else would you hope to get out of a second round pick? You would be hoping to get something even remotely
0: usable as a starter. Yes.
1: And you're getting an established, absolute beast of a pass rusher here.
0: So it's a great trade. And for this guy, I would have considered at least. Entertain the discussion of a first round pick. This is so, this is where the Vikings, I think, deserve a lot of credit. And this goes back a ways. The Vikings pounce on when it presents itself. And I think the price in their minds is fair, they pounce on opportunity. This reminds me so much, and it was a different time of year because it was the spring, April of two thousand eight. Jared Allen trade, right? Yes. It's the but that was the same exact thing.
1: They actually gave up more to get. They Jared gave up
0: Allen. way more, but but that was the same exact thing as far as uh, disgruntled, really good player. I I've got, you know, I've got to get out of KC and the Vikings pounced, and again here, and yes, is this guy a perfect player? Probably not, but. He's 25. He's 25, and you can now pair him, assuming that things go smoothly, we will get into this, uh, across from Hunter at left end. You've had an entire uh, spring and summer of opposing teams that are going to play the Vikings, basically saying, damn, we've got the luxury now of taking all of the resources that we tried to split between blocking Hunter and Griffin, right? And we've got the resources, of swinging all of those assets for the most part over to our right side, the left side of the Vikings' defensive line. And, man, is life going to be good. Our left tackles, um, it might not be easy, but it's certainly not going to be as tough, right? That conversation has now been changed in 24 hours completely. This is a potential nightmare. And, look, if the guy's not perfect against the run, you can work on that. But the thing is, what helps your young corners more than a quarterback who doesn't have time to throw the football?
1: You just nailed it. You've got question marks about, okay, how long can these cornerbacks conceivably hang with NFL wide receivers? Like Jeff Gladney, I mean, Cam Dantzler. These guys have never played a preseason game against NFL wide receivers. Well, if you've got... Maybe, dare I say, the best pass-rushing combo. I mean, Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin the last couple years have been really, really good. But on paper, could this be the best pass-rushing combo the Vikings have had in the 2000s? And and you're reducing the amount of time your cornerbacks have to cover. But it's so young, too.
0: It's so young. Um, I mean, Jared Allen and Ray Edwards, but Ray Edwards was not nearly as good as either one of these guys. Not even close. Not close. But this this now buys you time probably against a lot of teams and quarterbacks and lines it buys you time to have your cornerbacks develop a little slower not a lot but a bit and and this this takes it two weeks out too two weeks two weeks before the vikings play the packers to start the season you now have a um bookends on your defensive line of guys who can make The life for opposing tackles and quarterbacks, absolute hell. Yeah. So, yeah, there's no – in that sense, just in that sense, this is a great trade. And I do believe that for all – that the Vikings can be criticized for a lot of things. The one thing that they deserve to be praised for is when the opportunity presents itself to make a splash move. A lot of times, probably not all the time, but a lot of times, they make that splash move. They're very aggressive. The, yeah. the
1: the Wilfs are aggressive. Rich Spielman rip teams is aggressive. That aren't right. Yep. Well, I mean, there's a. There, it's funny. There's a parallel conversation happening today. Is the Major League Baseball trade deadline, and by the time a lot of people consume this episode of Purple Daily, we will know what the Twins did or didn't do. But the and and I would add too that when you're when you're operating within the financial uh, system that the NFL has, there's really no downside to taking risks on players. Like everyone is capped financially yeah. at a point where they're still going to bring in. 200 million dollars in revenue as a franchise right like in in profits in baseball it's not as easy as well why don't the twins go get the mike trout equivalent like well because they can't afford to pay him 300 million dollars without losing money so i just want to say in fairness to um nfl versus major league baseball but at every turn when the vikings have a chance boy should we should we give up a first round pick for sam bradford the answer is yes and they do it in jared allen and the twins historically do not. They don't. They don't do those same things. I want before we get into some of the other tentacles here, uh, Judd, like the, the restructuring potentially of, of Riley Reef, which has been reported this morning. I just want to put a stamp on what we've just talked about here. The statistics when it comes to Yannick Ngakwe. All right, am I pronouncing that right? Yannick, 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 Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe. Right? Yes. Yep. Yannick. Um, so I feel like he's going to be one of those first name players to just be like he's just one of those identifiable guys. unique. Is probably I like Ngakwe,
0: though. I do, too. Sort of rolls off yeah. the tongue. Ngakwe.
1: So the stats, okay? Four years in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. The surface-level stats are impressive. 37.5 sacks, 42 tackles for loss, and 14 forced fumbles, including a league-leading six in 2017. Pro Football Focus digs a little bit deeper. Total pressure. So, what is your process like? How often are you, whether you're getting home or not? How often are you putting pressure on a quarterback?
0: Which is which is the important thing here?
1: Yep, making quarterbacks that's when uncomfortable. Ra- that's them what Zimmer around. loves. Yes, you get pressure. Somebody else could get a sack. It, yep. it all sort of comes Fourth, around,
0: or a pick,
1: or something like that. Yep. So last year, he actually wasn't as good as his previous two years, but he also has been disgruntled and whatnot. He played hurt too. Yep, he played with injuries. Uh, He was 24th in the NFL in total pressures last year. He was 10th in 2018, 11th in 2017. PFF also has a statistic called pass rushing productivity, which is basically like how efficient are you as a pass rusher, more heavily weighted toward did you get home and get the sack. Okay, He was 12th in the NFL in 2018 and 7th in 2017. He was like 30th last year for the reasons we mentioned. So by almost any measurement, whether it's the stuff you see – you know, back of the football card or whether it's the in-depth statistics. He is one of the 15 or so best pass rushers in the NFL. Uh, The Athletic did a dive here, Arif Hassan, into the yeah, but side of him as a defender. and Yeah, but he's not great against the run, so it's worth pointing out. Uh, So he has high tackle for loss totals, but his defense against the run, according to the Athletic, isn't at the level we've come to expect from Mike Zimmer defensive ends. Everson Griffin's been great against the run. Mm -hmm. He either tends to make the play in the backfield or get washed completely out of the play, often over-pursuing or getting blocked out of his assignment. He also has missed more than his fair share of tackles, generating the ninth most missed tackles per attempt in the running game uh, out of the 102 edge rushers that were qualified in 2019. So... So he'll, he'll definitely Olay in the run game once in a while. But you know what? Jared Allen did for his entire career. I was going to say, that's and not he's he yet. was still great. So <laughs> And
0: keep in mind, too, he's 25. Yeah, he can get better. So if there's coaching here, he, he can improve there. I, I think what you are looking for is a guy that has, just from a starting point of the conversation here, a guy that has the ability to get home consistently, right? Like I can, if I'm a defensive line coach, I can work on lots of things. But if you can't sack a quarterback or pressure a quarterback consistently, I probably can't change that, right? So just from a starting point that is is to me the absolute key thing. And it's it's a to me funny conversation cuz we talked about, you know, this entire basically spring and summer about this defense doesn't seem as good and then Pierce opted out and it kept coming back to is Zim really going to be satisfied with this defense? Like, this doesn't look like, and, he, you know, he can coach, but if the talent's not there across the board, and there is some talent, but if it's not there across the board, it makes it tougher. Our question's been answered. Our question has been answered. He, uh, they, and if you go to, if, if uh Ngakwe sticks around, too, and is signed to a, Multi year deal after uh, two thousand twenty film. That's gonna
1: happen almost now, certainly. Now
0: yeah. now we're talking what? Ngakwe on the right end, we're talking Michael Pierce coming back. Like that gets to be that gets to be impressive. Again, assuming also that you keep Daniil Hunter happy. Here's more from Tom Pelissero
2: the Vikings had been in the market for another pass rusher, and they get it with Yannick Ngakwe. It cost them a second-round pick in 2021, plus a conditional fifth-round pick in 2022. And as you mentioned, Ngakwe has agreed to restructure that one-year $17.7 million franchise tender. He is not eligible to sign a extension at this time because the July 15th deadline has already passed. Ultimately, the Vikings would like to get that done, but for now... He's going to end up taking a reduced value on that one-year tag to help him get out of Jacksonville, which was his goal all along.
1: So that reduced number, according to Pelicero, after this hit, he went on Twitter and dug a little bit more. So he has agreed. The Vikings had like $12.5 million in cap space going into the weekend. Correct. And so he has agreed to take $12 million. He has literally, unless I'm missing something, Ngakwe has said... Yep, I will take five million dollars less to just play somewhere else. He did to just play for the Vikings and he's going to be the cap,
0: and it will be taxed here in in the state of Florida. The seventeen mil would not have been taxed, so he's actually going to lose more than it looks like on the
1: surface. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, So, I mean, either way, like I'm sure he'll be fine financially. I'm not going to shed a tear for he'll be fine with the twelve. Um, but the other interesting domino here financially, Chad Graff from The Athletic dropped this bomb on Twitter this morning. Hearing the Vikings have gone to left tackle Riley Reef about restructuring his contract. So just to stop here, the Vikings are already under the cap with what Ngakwe has agreed to do, but not by very much. They right, would like to much. have a little bit, bre- little bit of breathing room Correct. in case they have to do some other things here. And so they have gone to Riley Reef about restructuring his contract. If he's not willing, they may cut him to save more than $8 million in cap space. Sounds like it might not have been a fluke that Brian O'Neill was at left tackle at practice yesterday. Get Rob Brzezinski a bust outside U.S. Bank Stadium is what I say. This dude, like he brings over Ngakwe. Hey, this is a great place to play. You're going to get taxed and make $5 million less, but let's hammer this thing out. We'll figure it out later. Yep. And now they've gone to Riley Reeve and and have said, listen, buddy, we love you. We don't love you that much. We need you to take a pay cut here.
0: Your thoughts. First off, I believe, so if they just went with what Ngakwe signed for on his one-year contract, they would be $500,000 below the cap, correct? Yes. Okay, so that is, it's below the cap, but it's not enough. So if there's some type of catastrophe that they have to make a move, they couldn't make that move. And so, if people are saying, Why are you trying to get so far below the cap? It's potentially because of the fact that there might have to be a move made at some point in time here if, you know, a player gets hurt or something. That's why. Uh, if Riley Reef accepts the renegotiated restructure, I'm on board here completely, then it's a great move. If he doesn't, and you really do have to cut him, I am a little bit confused, not, not by the Ngakwe trade, which I still like a lot. I'm a little bit confused by going after only one guy for a restructure. Brian O'Neill has turned himself in his couple years here into a very good right tackle. But asking him to move to left tackle two weeks before the season is a big ask. Uh, it, it's become quite clear that that despite the fact that we had high hopes for Ezra Cleveland that he is not prepared to play yet. All of this being said, I guess here's what I would question. I would question not having more than one player here in mind to take a salary cut because I'm not super comfortable with, if Reef says no, saying, all right, dude, you're gone here. Why not Kyle I, Rudolph? I don't know. But that's my point is, like, I would have five guys lined up here at the door.
1: Easy for me to say. Just, like, point at guys on the roster. But you're, you're like, not let's wrong. Let's but, do you wanna, guy.
0: But, but do you want to mess? And, you know, we've talked about this a thousand times. Do you want to mess two weeks before the season with left tackle and an offensive line that already is not the most stable? I just would have more alternatives here. So if Reef said no, yeah. if, if Reef says no and you say you're gone... I don't know that I really like that move. That's the play that confuses me a little well, bit.
1: But don't you think? I mean, you're assuming that they haven't had conversations with others. And I, I also would say that if this report is 100 percent accurate, this means that they are comfortable cutting him, which seems like they're but more I, that they're but more I'm telling comfortable.
0: You, I'm not.
1: I I know. I'm. I <laughs> I'm understand not. That, Judd. Listen you. to me. I'm, and I'm saying they clearly have a comfort level with some of these guys that we haven't seen play much along the offensive line that it's a little bit baffling because but to play out your point it's not like reef is the only guy in the roster we could go through right now like Kyle Rudolph is one of them and i don't know yeah. i don't have it in front of me but you could save money by restructuring or cutting Kyle Rudolph i'm sure um so why do they feel so comfortable with the offensive line that they can do this 2 weeks before the season and the only the only thing i can think of is that they they feel great about a couple of those guys that don't have a ton of experience and we haven't had a chance to see Um, but that seems a little risky or the other explanation could be that they don't care that much about 2020 because they just got a 25 year old top 15 edge rusher to put with a hall of fame caliber edge rusher. And they know that those guys are going to both be under contract long term. And they're like, listen, like if we have to burn a bridge with Riley reef to just expedite this process, then whatever, like we're still going to go seven and nine or eight and eight, not be a train wreck and build this thing for 2021. I could see that as part of the logic too.
0: In the perfect world, I hear what you're saying in the real world that they, they got problems. And Gakwe is going to come to them if he has any type of success, which I think he probably will. I mean, I think he, he's a good player. 25. He's going to come to them in March and won a big contract. And he probably should. I looked this up this weekend and doing a highly speculator, speculatory, speculative, reckless speculation column on Daniel Hunter's absences from practice. Okay. Reckless speculation. Now, Daniil Hunter's not going to be a free agent, I do not believe, till 2023, Phil Mackey. Mm-hmm. But did you know among four, three defensive ends who rush the passer in this league, he is paid on an average annual value 18th? Wow. So if you go to Ngakwe and you're like, dude, you are fantastic. Here's your contract. And you pay him more than Daniil... If I'm Daniil, I ain't showing up for training camp next year, and I ain't playing until I get a new deal. And this all completely—and this is where we, we mine down to, to like the eighth bit of this uh, breakdown in conversation. This all completely—and maybe rightfully so—just sort of cast Dalvin Cook aside. It does, and now that's n- an interesting. And part now, of this. what you could do with Ngakwe. And if you come to me in March, Phil, with these two scenarios, this choice is not tough. Judd is making this choice quickly. If you come to me in March and say, okay, we can't get Ngakwe done, but he was good. We really like him. He likes it here. He'd like a long-term contract, but we can't do it. Yeah. Um, so you've got a choice, Phil Mackey. I got a franchise tag. I got one. Dalvin Cook. Or Yannick Ngakwe. Oh, I
1: mean, it's not even a right. It, but it, that's my point. Zero hesitation. But you it's are Ngakwe.
0: you. in my opinion, now, uh, unless there's something I don't get here, and I don't, I think it's pretty black and white. You right now, Phil, as far as I could tell, are kicking Dalvin Cook out the door.
1: Let's let's dive into that part of it here, and let's first hear from Tom Pelissero again.
2: One thing that we do not yet know about Yannick Ngakwe's new one-year contract with the Vikings is. What is the clause regarding the franchise tag next year? It normally is 120% of your salary in this season, but because he took a reduced salary, is it 120% of that smaller number? Is there a no-tag clause? If Dalvin Cook and Yannick Ngakwe both would have expiring contracts next March, you can only use one tag. That would force the Vikings to make a decision about which contract you try to get done before free agency two guys that you would ultimately think would be part of minnesota's future if they can find a way to make the numbers work
1: i mean i've said all along and it and, and I, it, I almost feel like it's playing out in front of us right now you pay certain positions you you have to pay quarterback you just do like i'm not in love with paying non-elite quarterbacks 30 35 million but like it's just I'm, supply and demand i hear you it is what it is yep the other said the so you don't really have a choice with quarterbacks like you have to pay quarterbacks the other positions where, like, there's just there's guys available, and you can kind of pick and choose whether you want to allocate money to line or secondary or running back, edge rushers and yeah. offensive linemen yeah. and cornerbacks are all like miles ahead of paying a running back, and it almost feels like the Vikings, who don't have a ton of cap flex. I mean, they I think they have like 21 million dollars in cap room with their current roster right now going into 2021, so certainly more than the like nickel of cap space they had going into this offseason. But I just think they have drawn a line in the sand and have said, listen, Dalvin, we made you an offer uh, a month ago, two months ago. You've been kind of sitting on it. We thought that offer was fair. In fact, that offer was probably relative to what running backs should get, and and we don't know exactly what the offer was. It's probably a stretch. We learned our lesson last time with Adrian Peterson when we paid him top dollar. Yeah. And uh, when Dalvin Cook's agent and Dalvin Cook said, yeah, we just need more money than that, and talk stalled out, it's not a coincidence that then, like, three days later, the Vikings go out and make a big splash for a guy that's going
0: to command 15 to $20 million a year at a more right. important position. And this is why, my, my guess is now, this is why they drew the line in the sand with Dalvin, um, I, I believe it's going to be two weeks two weeks ago tomorrow. This is why. Because they probably were in these t- discussions and said, we have to know. Yeah. Um, but... All right. If they cut Reef, I question that. Like I really do. I think it's a I think you're gambling there. But where I will side with them completely is their handling of the Dalvin Cook situation and what they're doing right now as far as he goes is absolutely textbook perfect. So I will give them full If he walks away, you've still done the right thing. You've done the exact right thing it. because you're right. This might be, this is a very, to me, easy league to do what you just did, which is, what's positional value? Like, let's forget the player's name. Let's forget how much we like him. Let's forget what he does on Tuesdays in the community and what he does on the field on Sundays. Let's just go with one thing. Let's call him player X, positional value. And Phil, you nailed it. Quarterbacks, they're overpaid. But guess what? If you if you had ridden with if you had said uh, after 2017, Case Keenum, let's go, it would have been a disaster, right? So yeah, I I completely agree with what they're doing with Cook. I think it's a smart play. And in fact, I will say this: if two weeks ago the Cook camp had said we'll take the contract and sign it, and that had put an end to the Ngakwe talks, that would have been if those talks had started at that point, a mistake. I agree. So so on that thing, I side with him completely. On the offensive line, I would caution this. Don't get too cute. Don't get too cute and don't get too confident.
1: Um, on the Dalvin front, if you're looking for like, all right, what, what's a running back worth? Now, Dalvin Cook is better than Leonard Fournette. So I just want to lay that groundwork first and foremost. Dalvin Cook is one of the top five running backs in the NFL. Leonard Fournette put up big numbers last year, but is mostly living off of reputation from college. So that is the, as the backdrop. Leonard Fournette ran for eleven hundred yards last year mm-hmm. and caught seventy-six passes out of the backfield for five hundred plus yards. So he had like seventeen hundred total yards from scrimmage and was just a huge part of their overall, mostly mediocre to terrible offense. And they couldn't even get a sixth round pick for him. The Jaguars cut him this morning yeah. and literally couldn't even get a sixth round pick for him. They tried shopping him around the NFL. A dude a dude who was a he was a first round pick, fourth overall. In 2017, he ran for 1,152 yards. He caught
0: 76 passes, and they couldn't get a pick. But that's the state of the position in 2020. And that is, and, and it might stink, but it's completely fair to, I think that one thing is it's become very easy right now, Phil, to put a value on that position. I really do. And it 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 might suck. And you know what? And you know what, Phil? It used to be a sexy, glorious spot to play. Like I acknowledge that. Um, That used to be the bell cow spot. That used to be the spot, but it's just not now. Yeah, it's not now, and teams are not going to pay and, and or value in trade that position. They just
1: don't. So, uh, one other thing to clean up here before I I, I have a Daniel Hunter related question for you. It sounds like Adenabo could be in the mix for interior defensive line snaps more than he would have been 48 hours ago too. So, if you can imagine, you know, especially on third down, Adenabo moving into the inside and then having these two top 15 25-year-old pass rushers on the outside uh, and all of a sudden the Vikings defensive line all the different questions we had about my god, like Daniel Hunter's the only guy that you trust and even have seen play on a regular basis. Uh, Things are looking up unless something is more physically wrong with the Neil Hunter than
0: we think he's missed 10 practices. 11. No, I believe he's up to
1: today counting.
0: No, he he didn't practice on Sunday again. So
1: uh, there hasn't been a ton of digging or information on this. He's just been gone from practice for two weeks and the season starts in two weeks. Yep. Do you believe that it's just a tweak? Do you think it's something more? Do you think it's something contractual? I know you and Courtney and Declan talked about that last week. Where where does your your former lead Vikings beat writer from the Star Tribune instinct take
0: you here? What's wrong with the Neil Hunter? I think he is hurt. I think something is wrong, and I think it's probably not a huge deal. And I think if he had a contract he loved, he'd be practicing. Okay, so I'm going to connect the dots completely here, just take all of the information that We have throw it into a stew and let's go from there, okay? Zimmer is now being asked on every call he does with the media about this. And he needs to be because it's a big deal. Hunter's a great player. He keeps saying it's a minor tweak. It's a tweak. Um, He was asked about it again on Sunday and essentially said something along the lines of when Sugar allows him to return, that, that the Vikings athletic training staff is, in essence, holding out Hunter. That is code for, I'd like to see him practice, okay? Now, there's two ways to go. Either the athletic training staff staff is completely overruling the head coach, or, and this is more likely, or the player himself does have something mildly wrong, and he has a contract that pretty much stinks, and is saying, rightfully so, I'm not practicing and taking a chance. Like, let's say just out of thin air, let's say it's a hamstring, all right? If you have his contract, are you going to take a chance of that thing ripping in a practice? Now, if you like your contract, you might. If you don't, you're not. So I believe, I do believe something is wrong. I also believe that the primary thing that is wrong is his contract. And all of that, if you put it together, would be cause to say, I'm not going to go through practices. But the importance, so I, I've seen this. Well, it's just training camp practices. Who can, Hunter's fine. He'll step right in. Okay, two things off that. One is conditioning does matter to a certain degree. He's not practicing. So, like, he can condition all he wants, but he's not football conditioned, right? No. The other thing is there is no way on God's green earth that Mike Zimmer, with one of his most important defensive players, is going to happily and by the way, too, essentially, for now, a new-look defensive line that he's going to just sign off on, well, my guy's not practicing again. Yeah. Like, if it's two or three practices, absolutely, no big deal. But I'm sorry. When you get up to almost a dozen, and now training camp is done, and you're into um, the essentially uh, season in-season schedule now. So I think to dismiss this as nothing is a major mistake, do I think that we know everything? Probably not. But there's something. Someone needs to tell him you can't make the club in a tub. That's. But I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and you do have to football condition some. Yeah, I like mean, that's the that is the goal. If there
1: is one guy that just one machine like figure on this roster that I would trust to just kind of roll out of bed, that he's not just like you know eating Doritos all day mm. and sitting off to the side. Like, and he's that at guy practices. Is a physical machine. He's at
0: practices. I'm. I'm just saying to accept the word of. Yeah it's a minor tweak for 11 practices, is to really, really bite off a lot of possible BS. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I think, I just, man, I I don't think the Vikings would have made this trade for Ngakwe, knowing that, like, even if they have ideas for him to sign a long-term contract extension, it's a 2020 move. He's only under contract, uh, under contract through 2020. You can sure. franchise him. I don't think they make that move if there's something like, potentially season-threatening wrong with Daniil Hunter. I think they only make that move if if they've got both those guys in a package deal as edge rushers. So as far as like injury is concerned,
0: it just wouldn't but, make sense to me. And now the potential question gets to be after 2020, what do you do if Daniel says, i got to have Ngakwe's deal too? That's where it's going to be interesting.
1: I'm I'm comfortable paying them both. And I figure out the rest. Like, if that means Anthony okay. Harris has to walk and Dalvin Cook has to walk. Oh,
0: Harris will have to walk, yes. I,
1: I would allow both those guys to walk. Let and me Alex throw this Madison at you. would be my starting running back.
0: Okay, here's the problem. What if, because of the um, pandemic and the fact that teams aren't going to make as much and the league is not, what if the cap does come down as, I believe the floor that they've said it could come down to is $175 million. From 198, when I think yep. ordinarily, it I think it would have gone up to something like 205 or 208. Actually, so this is, let's put a pin in this, because that's definitely a full episode. Come on, Come on Mr. But, Math. But off
1: the top of my head, I'll tell you, and it, it would suck to lose these guys, don't get me wrong. but Oh, you got a list? Anthony Harris is, off the top of my head, yeah. okay. Anthony right. Harris is gone, yep. Delvin Cook is gone, yep. uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph is gone, yep. and Riley Reef is gone, and I draft a tackle for sure in the first round next year. Because I need a I need a team control like cheaper option. I like I like what you're doing here. But I am I am if I you know if it comes down to paying a quarterback, like it makes me a little uncomfortable to pay Kirk Cousins the amount of money that Russell Wilson makes. Yep. It just does. Yep. But I am more comfortable paying two defensive edge rushers than I am paying two safeties than I am paying a running back, and it ain't close. But we should do a full episode maybe tomorrow sometime this week. Let's assume a 175 you know million else? dollar cap just quickly, down from
0: 200. Just quickly. To your point. It's not the exact same, but if these young corners play well, they essentially become your quarterback on a rookie contract. They do. So now you're paying defensive ends, both, mm-hmm. both let's say, huge, but your corners, who are incredibly important, are on, I think, essentially all, right? Well, rookie contracts?
1: Mike Hughes won't be for that much longer, right? Right. This is this is going into his third year. But
0: Dantzler would be going into year two. Gladney mm-hmm. going into year two. Hughes, I think it's still, he's still a mm-hmm. bargain if he's good. And Holton Hill, like Holton Hill
1: wouldn't, even if he had a good season and he's close to free agency at some point, like he's not going to break the bank yet. But yeah. Not here you're he right won't. All right. So, all right. Um, that's our deep dive into this. Wow. I mean, like every corner.
0: I need a football cigarette. Football.
1: The Vikings just make splash moves. And actually, a cheap plug for the Mackie and Judd podcast as well. We are going to do a dive into, historically, at least in the last 20 years, the Vikings making these splash moves. And it is Major League Baseball trade deadline day. There's already news just flying all over the place. None that involves the Twins yet. But um, you can get that breakdown, too, on the Mackie and Judd podcast, Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com. And we have two YouTube channels, uh, Purple Daily, YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. And then our Score North YouTube channel, which includes all kinds of other Mackie and Judd discussions. But thanks for hanging out with us. And the Vikings are splish splashing, Mm -hmm. making big moves two weeks before the season.
2: This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread.